Today with Catherine Ruinala. I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with you. This is Paul speaking. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. I have determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. You know, in this information age where knowledge is increasing, there is so much to know. And I, I love information. It's one of my personality traits. I just love to know all the things. I love to know what the name of that tree is, what the name of that bird is. I just want to know. I want to know. I want to know. And, and that's a good thing. A thirst for knowledge is a good thing. And it's wonderful uh, to have that desire to be a learner for life. But we also have to be very careful that as we are bombarded with so much information, we have to be aware that bad news sells. And therefore, bad news is what is generally headlined. Bad news, gossip, scandal, scary. They are all things that get people's attention because they think, oh, I need to know about that. And Paul says here, I have determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be informed, but it does mean that we do need to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For out of the innermost being, out of your heart, the innermost being will flow the wellsprings of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And if you're predominantly feeding on what is ugly and scary and scandalous, then out of your mouth is going to come the ugly, the scary and the scandalous. If you're consumed continuously with your problems, then out of your mouth, when people talk to you, instead of the lamb, is going to come problems, difficulties. What's going on? And God wants to intervene and he wants to be our help in times when things look scary, when things are being shaken. You know, I prophesied uh, at the end of 2019 that Haggai chapter 2, that about the shaking of the nations. But praise the Lord, while things are being shaken, there is a rock that will not be shaken. Who sang the song when you're in Sunday school? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. You can do this. The wise man built his and the rain came tumbling down. And we know the rest of the story. The rain came down, the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood firm. Who is the rock? Jesus. 
Jesus is the rock, the foundation on which we are to build our lives. Hallelujah. Psalm 61, I can quote you Psalm 131, but Psalm 61, who knows what that is? But hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth, and I think we could call ourselves the ends of the earth. I mean, Pastor Nico, particularly in Tasmania, you could call yourself the ends of the earth. From the ends of the earth, I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed. Have you ever had times when you have felt your heart is overwhelmed? Where you, where you stand and you, I mean, I have times when I'm, I'm thinking of the story of uh, Jehoshaphat and I'm thinking, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. When my heart is overwhelmed, when there's so much that's going on, when the pressures are coming from every side, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For his thoughts, his perspective is higher than ours. And David understood. You know, sometimes I have to remind myself that a lot of the problems that we get all stirred up about really don't compare to the problems that others are facing around the world or that even David was facing here. But he knew the key that when you are feeling overwhelmed, He is there. The Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand. He wants to interpret your tears. And He wants to bring you into the place, into the rock, into the the arms of God that can put His arms around you, who can um, comfort you, that can speak to you. But I've been a little concerned about the overemphasis on predictive prophecy to the detriment of the equipping of the saints. In that it's the body of Christ needs to be comforted. That the heart of God is to comfort ye, comfort my people. And it's not that they don't need to be addressed. It's not that we don't need to bring warnings. It's not that we don't need to bring correction. But God's heart continuously is that that would be brought in, a, in love that would cause the hearts of the people to run to Him and receive the comfort that He wants them to have. Hallelujah. To find the answer, to find the hope that He has for them. And in the midst of so many prophetic words that have been given around the world and sometimes conflicting words, some people have actually get to the place where they they start to question everything and get disillusioned. Some people get to that point when, they, when they've been um, struggling with, I, wa- I want to you know, see this happen, and then their prayers don't get answered, and they wonder, what's going on? That's a place where their, their heart feels overwhelmed. I don't understand God. At that point, we have to make a choice. What do I believe? And this is where Psalm 131 comes in. Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely, like a weaned child, I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Hope in God, Israel. This is little tiny psalm. I know it by heart because I use it often. 
when people ask, why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, why didn't this happen, what is that, why did This is the answer that God has for us. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What the psalmist was saying is when I don't understand, when I'm, I can't figure it out, I don't understand why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, how come this is happening, why, why, why? When we get to that point, we need to take the example of the psalmist and say, I'm going to calm and quiet my soul. I'm not going to be haughty and think that I need to understand everything. Lord, my heart's not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither will I trouble myself with things I don't understand. So, hey, soul, calm down. Stop with the drama. Chill. Take a breath. Now, calm and quiet your soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. What's a weaned child? A weaned child is one that's no longer needing the milk, but just wants to be on the parent's lap for a cuddle. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to let you be the glory and the lifter of my head. Okay, lift up my eyes so that I can see you. Turn my eyes upon Jesus. Calm and quiet my soul. What about this? Why, God, why? I'm calming and quieting my soul. Lord, my heart's not haughty. I'm not going to trouble myself with what I don't understand. I'm going to come back to the one thing I have determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And as I look into His face, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And in that place, he will restore my soul. He will breathe fresh life in. Supernatural peace that suddenly helps you realize the questions you were asking were the wrong questions. Instead of why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, you should be asking who. Who are you? I've determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Christ who gave His life for me who came and brought a whole new way of life. Emily shared on Friday night about how there was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And then Jesus came in and turned everything upside down. And he said, instead of an eye for an eye, when someone does you wrong, do them good. Someone slaps you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. And he demonstrated it. People spat on him, crucified him, slandered him, betrayed him. And instead of returning like for like, for their spitting on him, he returned love. For their sin against him, he said, Father, don't hold this sin against them. He said, Lord, they, they don't know what they do. Forgive them, Father. Instead of saying, justice. His idea of justice is that you would receive what he wanted to give you. That his whole idea of justice is that you and I would be reconciled to him and receive what we could have no part in earning. Instead of um, retaliating, 
death for death. His death brought life. He, he let them kill him. And in exchange, he gave them eternal life. This amazing God. And when we ask him, my heart is overwhelmed. God, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. The Holy Spirit will remind you of Jesus. For I have determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And him crucified. And him crucified. Where I should have been crucified, he was crucified for me. While I am worried about this, God, help me remember that Jesus was put to death so I wouldn't have to be. That Jesus was punished for his sins so that I could receive mercy. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And in that place, I think of, I think of Job, where they had all the conversation from all the friends about trying to figure out why all these bad things are happening. And then God speaks. And suddenly, instead of answering all the questions, he comes in and he, he says things like, who holds the cluster of Pleiades together? What has that got to do with my current circumstances, Father? What was he doing? He was reminding them that their eyes were on the wrong thing. And in turning their eyes again to the majesty, the glory, the holiness, the majesty of the Father, he was then able to bring the breakthrough. You see, God's heart desire for us to determine to know nothing but him and him crucified is so that he can keep you in a place where hope and faith spring eternal. On the lap of God, when you are living and actively disciplining yourself to calm and quiet your soul and live on his lap in a place of, thank you, God, I'm like a weaned child on your lap. It is that place that hope springs up. Sometimes people get cranky and they think, oh, you know, you talk too much about this love and intimacy stuff. But let me tell you, it's in that place and that place alone that you will find the hope and the strength to have the faith that you need to fight the good fight. The good fight of faith comes from calming and quieting your soul, looking full in His wonderful face, allowing Him to begin to declare the mysteries of God to you allowing him to turn your perspective away from the issues and the problems onto the glory of who he is and what he's done. And in that place, you want to humble yourself and receive the mercy of God. I think of the story of the prodigal son. Jesus told this story to help us understand who the father was. The son had done all the bad things, as you know, all the things. And he comes home because he's starving, thinking, well, my, my father's a good guy. At least I could probably get a job with him. 
I don't expect anything more than that. And the father comes running towards him the moment he sees him. And before the son gets to say anything, the father is there calling for a robe and a ring and wrapping his arms around his son saying, my son, my son, bring some sandals, kill the fatted calf, let's have a party, let's restore his authority, let's... And it makes no human sense. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth just doesn't fit in this new paradigm. A new commandment I give to you, says the Lord. But you would love one another as I have loved you. And this is how he shows us how to love. Supernatural. But that supernatural power to love, that supernatural power comes when your heart is overwhelmed, if you will run to him, the source, he will remind you, I have given you all authority. I've given you my authority. I've given you my strength. I've given you my faith. Beloved, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. Fear not. The words that you need will be found on his lap. The words that you need will be found from his face. As you determine in your heart to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Lord. The Holy Spirit will come. If you say, help, he will come. And you ask him and he will lead you to the face of God. He will lead you. He will remind you of those words that have been planted in you. As you start to let yourself get caught up in, oh God, I don't know, why did you do this? Why can't, where's my breakthrough? Where's that financial breakthrough that I really needed? I can't understand, God. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. The Holy Spirit will suddenly bring up Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And the truth, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God's heart is to help us, turn us when our heart is overwhelmed. He wants us to be a people who would sing, who would celebrate and sing, O barren, you who've not born. Begin to declare, thank you, Father, you are God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. But you know, in these times, in these times when many are pressured, many are feeling overwhelmed, many are feeling discouraged for many different reasons, God's heart is to lead you to His heart, to lead you to a place where He begins to speak to you above the storm, where He begins to speak to you and help you shift your perspective when your mind can't help but go over and over the problems and worries and concerns, cry out, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, that is higher than I. 
Don't allow it just to go round and round and round. You know what that is as it goes round and round and round in your head? As it goes round and round in your head, that is your heart being troubled with weighty matters that are too great for you. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely, like a weaned child, I've calmed and quieted my soul. So has anyone ever found themselves in the place where they have been troubled by weighty matters and things too great for them? Three, four, five, six. Yeah, a few of us. Me. You don't have to stay there. The longer you stay there, the more peace gets sapped from your heart. And peace is a weapon in these days. Hallelujah. In these days of drama, peace is a powerful weapon. So the enemy is going after your peace. He wants to draw you into the drama. He will try every angle. Drama, drama, drama. I've been resisting it. Nope, nope, not going there, devil. More drama. Ha, 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 no. Oh, really? Really? No. 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 Yeah, no. Peace is a weapon. And peace is my privilege. It is part of the kingdom of God that I have inherited. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life and life more abundant. You and I are called to guard the garden of our heart, righteousness, peace, and joy. And every time he comes trying to take you down the garden path and into the quagmire of pity and self-destruction, the Holy Spirit's there saying, just ask me and I'll lead you to the rock that is higher than you. I'll help you shift your perspective. I will help you. I will give you weapons that you can use to fight the good fight of faith, to submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to live there. And the Holy Spirit, as he leads you to the rock that's higher than you, suddenly will give you thoughts that you've never had. He'll give you creative ideas you never knew were waiting for you. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When your heart is overwhelmed, Jesus is there waiting to help you to lift up your head. He's waiting to give you the revelation of his supernatural love that doesn't return eye for an eye, but gives life where there's been distress, where there's been Um, denial. I think of Peter denying Christ. He didn't just deny Christ. He lied about his association, even being with him. And he was in intense shame. And you know what Jesus did when he had a conversation with Peter? You might think he was ready to go, okay, Peter, you and I need to talk. I know what you did. You're ashamed of me. I'm ashamed of you. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. He didn't do that. He just reminded him of his great love for him. He reminded him that that he was for him. And then he promoted him and made him the spokesperson on the day of Pentecost. 
Why not John? Why Peter? God is better than we feel like we deserve. And I tell you, he who's been forgiven much loves much. That prodigal son, when his father is lavishing the robe and the ring and the party and the shoes. You know what his response was? He just hit the floor and said, Father, I'm not worthy. And the goodness and kindness of God will lead us to repentance. It'll lead us to a place where we acknowledge, God, you are big. You are great. Forgive me for my complaining and my whinging. Forgive me. Lord, have mercy. And he'll be your glory and the lifter of your head. He'll lift up his countenance upon you and he'll give you peace. This is who he is. And if we determine in our hearts to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, then we will live continually in a place of reverential fear, holy awe and deep humility, knowing, I know, I remember Christ crucified for me.